Nissan and Mazda dead from the neck up, sadly. Kinda like a cockroach minus its head. That's next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands off their next new cars. Hit me up on the website for that. Just for clarity here, okay, no imputation is made about individuals in this report. This is about the brain-dead corporate conduct of car makers and what is perhaps the most worrying, not to mention mentally retarded trend in corporate conduct I observe in this incredibly Dickensian steam-powered industry. Yes, at least here in the trailer of arse, that's how it works, which would be not giving a shit what people like you really think. It's what they do. Five or six weeks ago, I fired this broadside into Nissan when the company threw its local dealer in sought to dodge what I viewed as its consumer law obligations. It attempted to stitch up a shitbox leaf owner, Philip Carlson, to the tune of $33,000 for a replacement Nissan Leaf battery, which in my view should have been replaced for free under Australian consumer law. It's a big difference, right? I mean, 33 grand or free, especially when the car itself is worth bugger all because depreciation fire sale. Happily enough, 170,000 people just like you watched those two Nissan reports to date for a total of 1.4 million minutes, which to me is a complete brain bender. It's a total eyeballs on screen engagement of 2.6 years worth of cumulative watch time distributed among 170,000 people. People who are, let's not forget, potential car buyers. Hold that thought, okay? Exactly one month later, I covered the case of Mazda being dragged to the ankle-grabbing room, I mean, federal court, by the ACCC for alleged deception and unconscionable conduct. Also quite serious, if proven, I think you'd agree. Two videos there, 130,000 viewers, potential car buyers just like you, eyeballs glued to the friggin' screen for a total of just over 1 million minutes. That's almost two years. Hold that thought as well. In those reports, okay, I urged you to write to Nissan's and Mazda's chief spin doctors, Carla Leach and Mark Flintoft, respectively, politely but firmly to deliver unequivocally what you thought about each company's conduct. Delivering honest feedback in this way, to me, seems beyond reasonable. I even did the unthinkable in those reports. I gave out the spin doctor's direct corporate contact email addresses. So, no Christmas card for me like I give a shit, a person's email address is not a state secret, thankfully. And I know hundreds of you emailed those two PR types because dozens upon dozens of you CC'd me 
on those emails. And I was extremely gratified by the polite tone and the well thought out reasoned rational arguments that I saw reflected in those communications. No death threats, no F-bombs, no C-bombs, which is always nice. You know what didn't happen, or to the absolute best of my knowledge didn't happen? No response from Mazda or Nissan to you. Not to any of you who emailed. That's disgraceful, as far as I know. Let me know if I'm wrong. That is tremendously lazy in my view. It's just off the table if you're a major corporation seeking to curry the favour of the public. I mean, come on. So let's just say you are a spin-doctoring PR type, and let's not forget, PR stands for public relations. Public. And one day, without warning, your inbox fills up with critical feedback from the public. This is well inside your wheelhouse, I'd suggest. A direct friggin' hit. So what do you do? Do you sweep it under the rug? Do you delete, delete, delete? Repeat, do you have a meeting with the boys upstairs and decide how you're going to play it? Or do you pretend that it's just not happening and concentrate instead on important stuff like keeping your sinister clutch of tame journalists and influencers happy and maintaining your platinum frequent flyer status, which, let's face it, is quite important. I really don't think deafening silence is an option, and here's why, okay? If somebody out there in the public takes the time to write what they think and send it to you, politely and respectfully, as the CC'd emails I received were, and they send it to you, they take all of that time, go to that effort, then I'd suggest there's a level of quite strong commitment behind that stated position embodied in those actions. It's very difficult to get people to devote time to anything, right? Everyone's cup runneth over. You've got to feed the kids and go and do this and that. And there's the boss. You've got to keep him happy as well, right? Where is this spare time to email people about, you know, stuff you don't care about? So to be engaged like that, to take that time, you have to feel strongly about the underlying issue. It would have to really matter to you. For the recipient, okay, the spin doctor, it is a binary proposition. You can choose to respond or not. And hey, if you respond, it doesn't have to be bespoke. It can be canned, cut and paste, and the intern can even filter your friggin' emails and send back the canned responses, but at least those people get a response. I'd suggest that every critical email represents the chance to turn somebody around. And this is the business you spin doctors are in. You know, we understand your concerns, we hear what you've said, and here's what we're doing to address this important issue. How hard is it? This is like PR 101. Electing not to respond is a gold-plated guarantee of the sender inferring that you are a worthless mother lover who doesn't really give a fuck what they think. And that's exactly what has occurred here, I suspect, because not one of the 300,000 people who viewed those reports has sent me an email 
with Nissan's nor Mazda's responses in it, nor posted the same in the comments feed. And I'm inferring from that that those responses did not happen. Incredibly, car makers pay about $2,000 for every inquiry. That's what it costs to get someone onto the showroom floor, okay, here in Shitsville. The calculus on this, dead easy. If you take the total marketing budget and you divide it by the level of inquiry at dealerships, that's pretty much what it costs. They have to try very hard indeed to cut through to you for the brand to even blip on your radar, which is kind of fundamental to selling you a car. It's expensive, okay? And here is a tsunami of unsolicited attempts to communicate. And apparently, the chosen response is unthinkably deafening friggin' silence. Like, fuck off, we're not interested in you, nor in what you think. To me, that's just incredible. It is the polar opposite of the marketing department's prime directive. I did a differential diagnosis, <laughs> what did I do? A differential diagnosis on this too, to confirm my hypothesis of deafening silence. So let's say you're a car maker and you're aware of some guy out there who's got like, no, 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 240,000, you shoot, you, you. Take a telegram. 240,000 YouTube subscribers. Not to brag, but biggest new car YouTube subscriber count, bigger than car advice and car sales and drive and motor and wheels and cars guide, etc. Bigger than the subscriber count of any of the major car makers too on their YouTube channels, let's not forget. This guy, he does some reports that are critical of your company's conduct and that kind of sucks and 300,000 people watch for a total of four and a half friggin' years. If you're any good at spin doctoring, okay, you get on the phone, you call said YouTuber and you say words to the effect of, just saw your report, don't necessarily agree with it, but we'd like to establish a working dialogue with you wherein perhaps you could refer disgruntled owners to us and we'll do what we can to look after them if they're acting reasonably. Pro tip, okay, I already do this with the car makers I trust. They could just ask around to confirm that. Then you go on and you say, we'd also like the opportunity to give you our side of any issues where there's conflict between us and other parties, just for fairness and balance. How do you feel about that? You say this, okay, because that's what PR is in part. But sadly, like you, I got deafening silence. And I'm not having a bleat here because, frankly, my life would not be enriched by conversations with either of those two spin doctors. I could go to my grave happily without ever speaking to either of them. Frankly, I would struggle to nominate more spin doctors, marketing managers and carmaker CEOs than I could count on both hands, whom I would wish actually to spend time with. What galls me, however, about this deafening silence solution, if that's the right word, is that as a reporter on issues like, you know, the ACCC and Mazda or Nissan acting like brain-dead assholes, I'm really just a conduit between you and them. 
the issue and you, right? And their deafening silence towards me leads me to conclude and confirm that they really don't give a shit what you think. But they're happy to curry the favour of some dipshit Instagram quote-unquote influencer who, I don't know, has 3,000 followers or something who posts... Just took the awesome new Nissan X-Trail to Watson's Bay. Amazing. Give me strength, okay? The car industry in Australia, with half a dozen notable exceptions, does public relations the way Virgil Tracy dances. There's a perfect simile from the immortal gunnery sergeant Hartman there too, to sum this up. I think you'd agree if you've seen that movie. But just for a change... I think we'll keep it clean. And in any case, I respect old people deeply and their activities, mainly because I'm about to be one. Shame on you, Nissan and Mazda, for playing the communications game with half a deck.